software engineering best practices. So I, yeah, I, I think this is something that um, I could go on forever about this, but I just wanted to touch on something uh, after I, I heard something, um, somebody else say something. Uh, and this is something that has gotten me into, I don't want to say, I, I, well, I would say hot water or however you want to say it. Uh, this is not going to necessarily make you a lot of friends um, in in some cases, at least. But it will make you better at what you do. So you kind of have to weigh it between, like, do you, do you care about the work or do you care about some fucking loser somewhere? Um, which I, I could give a shit about some other people. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, anyways, it's going to be juicy. Uh, so anyways, I will, you know, I'm, I'm not going to mention any companies, teams or people or anything like that, but let's just say I've been down this road before where, uh, you're in a hierarchy system. I mean, cause every, every engineering team for the most part is, has some kind of hierarchy. Uh, I mean, sometimes you have you know, people try to push this whole flat thing or whatever. I've seen it before where, uh, all engineers are just engineers or just devs or something, uh, which actually that's more common in the environment where everybody's called a dev or developer or something. Um, and, and, and sometimes people just say that because they just reference dev in the same way they do engineer, but there is a nuance there. We don't need to get into that, but I, I think anybody who's familiar with it understands the difference. But for the most part, uh, unless you're in some of these obscure team structures where everybody's quote unquote flat, uh, you're going to have some kind of hierarchy within the engineers. And I, what I mean by that is all the technical people who are writing the code, pushing code, uh, there's going to be a hierarchy within them. Um, now, if there isn't, then you definitely have a problem. <laughs> I'll just say that right now. You definitely have a big problem if that's the case. And that is the case in some teams. Probably more teams than should be, to be honest. And uh, I would say the ones that I've been exposed to, for the most part, uh, there is a... So the... Uh, kind of like the... A lot of the older companies or just like, you know, behind the times kind of companies, they... Or they have kind of a a hidden hierarchy, if you will. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this bullshit where it's like, oh, uh, so-and-so is not in charge of you, but everybody fucking knows that if that person says something to somebody else, then something happens. Like, their word sways things because of their position in relation to you holds more weight. Uh, but everybody says that there's no real difference there or something like that. That's a very common thing in these types of companies. So... And it's, I mean, I, I think in all cases, somebody's going to hold more sway than other people inside the company, depending on how long they've been there, their friends, whatever. But I, I'm talking about more of team structure. Like, let's say uh, people people were ripped out of all their different teams. And regardless of how long they've been in the company, they were just plucked from different departments and all pulled together into one team. That's what I mean by that, is that it's really, for the most part, you're focused more on uh, their role and not so much the person themselves. So I'm not really talking about like, you know, Jimmy's uh, stepdad or, or cousin is the fucking CEO or something. That's not what, I'm not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something like, 
so-and-so is your, um, not your manager, but your counterpart or something like you're in a functional team and they handle something else. Um, and they're not really above you. You guys are supposed to be peers or something like that, but there's a nuanced relationship there where that person is your peer, but they hold more weight as far as if there's a, in the decision-making process, like they could sway things if they, if you guys disagree, that type of stuff. So where it's more role specific, but it's so nuanced that it's not spelled out where it's not like, Hey, when you run into this situation and you know, this is happening with this or whatever, uh, this person is going to be the one with the final say or whatever it is. Um, that's what I mean. And that's, that's really indicative of a lot of, you know, bigger corporations that don't, they don't know how to handle those cases. So instead they kind of build a culture around these type of roles where nobody, nobody really spells things out. And so it's very left up to like strong personality types, things like that. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> without getting too far onto, onto a tangent with that, um, I think it is important that when we're talking about, if we just rewind to best practices, which is what I want to talk about. Um, if, if you're in a team of technical people and you are working on a single code base with them, uh, or multiple code bases or whatever, but you're, you're working together on the same sprint work, uh, whatever, even if you're not using agile, you're working on the same stuff together. So maybe you're, maybe your team is in charge of managing, you know, five different code bases, but you're all expected to touch the same code or use it or be interchangeable, that type of thing. Then you're thinking about like developer experience and, you know, how, how do you guys set standards, things like that. So that's when best practices comes in play. So anytime you have another, I think once, once you have more than one, um, and we're talking about stable products for the most part, but anytime you, you're working towards a stable product or on a stable product, um, meaning that you're you're thinking about long-term maintainability and things like that. Um, that's when you have a situation where there needs to be a hierarchy within the technical side. So the re- <laughs> the reason that I want to bring this up is because it's something that I think I've I've been in the unique situation to be at every hierarchy level for the most part of this situation and so I've seen it from almost every angle you can see it from and I've definitely handled it in all the wrong ways and in the right ways in some cases (laughs) but yeah so that's why I think it's it's just an interesting thing that I think that orgs try to get it right sometimes but for the most part they just don't even care about it Um, but I think on the technical side I think it's very important for people to approach it from this perspective so yeah I, I saw a thing some YouTube guy or whatever posted something about best practices. And I think he was just kind of trolling and talking about something else, but it just got me thinking about it. But uh, anyways, so at least in my approach has always been for best practices is if it's just me working on it, then it's, it's whatever my best guess is for one of two situations. So if I'm, if I'm worried about execution then it's whatever gets me there the, the quickest. And then, so if it's basically, if it's working and it's not, and I don't mean jerry-rigged, I mean, I mean, it is working. It may not be optimal, but it's working. Okay. And when I say jerry-rigged, I would mean something like, um, you know, you're, you're using something, 
uh, a plug-in or a third-party dependency or something in a unintended way or something that may cause crashes or something like that that's a that's that's to some degree unpredictable like if you're if you add something and uh let's say it creates you know some cycles or or something something that's that's unintended or something like that but it's but it's reliably unintended so it's it's a scoped uh you know margin of error type of situation where you know okay this did this i know the output and i know what the defect is obviously i don't have time to look at it or time to mess with it but i know what it is so it's kind of like a a closed um scope so you you know that a reasonable guess would mean that that scope isn't going to change versus another situation where you add something and then you have all these weird unintended interactions where things just stop working there's not really a a lot of rhyme or reason or you're you're unsure of what the full scope is of the defect that's a situation where it's jerry rigged okay so you don't want to do that but if there's a small enough scope where there's an acceptable and also a uh, you know s- somewhat predictable scope on the defect side then that is a uh, fast solve not a, not an optimal solve and then anything beyond that uh, would be something where you can get rid of those issues or um, maybe not solve those issues but just go down a whole different path and not even use that dependency or something like that um, so yeah so that would be the three different scenarios I guess is one would be like you're jerry-rigging the other one is you're you're just kind of making stuff work for the most part and then the third one is you're making sure you're optimal where you have no defects no warnings no exceptions that type of situation um so and 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 those do all fit their own scenarios so there there is a, a you know a use case for all three to be honest um but yeah anyways so so anyways uh if you if you're in a situation or at least for me when i'm in a situation where i'm working on something by myself it's whatever my best guess is or my fastest solve is then i just go with that and move on um whenever i'm thinking about another engineer or dev it depends completely on their um you know i don't want to say their their competence but more their their experience their exposure what where where do i think i can go with that and then also how big is the team getting so obviously there's different scenarios with that too because one is maybe i'm working and i've had this situation where you're working on a project and you have one or two other devs helping you but you know that you're not really going to get more than that at least for the foreseeable future like six months or a year okay so there's no reason to um there's no reason to assume that you're going to have some other devs or engineers added and then you're just thinking about their you know experience level so if they're juniors or if they're seniors which i've had both situations where you have super green people coming in and you can't just throw some weird shit at them and expect them to help maintain it um now sometimes it's going to be a requirement where they're just going to have to they're going to have to figure it out but in other situations you really are going to have to go down the route of the fastest and not optimal. So what that means is you do something the best you can, have them wrap their head around it, whatever, but you don't come back into a second pass unless you have to in any situation. 
Now, when you're dealing with the senior, a little bit more senior um, devs, even if you only have one or two, you can go ahead and iterate if you have the bandwidth for it. Um, in the first case, I think if you have the bandwidth to iterate on it, um, there's probably something wrong with the scope, to be honest, because you, you really shouldn't have time to go back and iterate, to be honest, uh, with juniors. Um, and that may not be the case all the time, but I think for the most part, as far as how fast things are moving, you're probably not making the progress you need to have if you're iterating. And I've been down that road and I've made that decision and I've learned that lesson. <laughs> you don't want to be iterating when you have a bunch of juniors on your team. Um, that's just a, that's a bad move. So, yeah. Um, because in that situation, if you are iterating, then you're really, you're eliminating their jobs. Like they they have no real purpose if you're the one iterating on that code. And I don't mean that in all situations. Obviously, there's going to be times where you work on something and then you have to come back and change it or whatever. But I, I'm really talking about like refactoring, things like that, where you come back and you rip apart, you know, a file or a component or whatever, and you, you know, organize it into different files and structures and everything else, make everything all pretty and organized, whatever. Or maybe you just optimize on the algorithm itself or you know, you, you turn something from, you know, object oriented to functional or whatever the case is, but you know, it's, it's something more than, um, than just execution, I guess it's methodology. It's process that you're thinking about in that situation, which is something that you expect to be coming from the people who are helping you maintain it. So at least in my mind, the way that it works is you, you have kind of your trailblazers that come in first and kind of lay the groundwork. And then the maintainer's job is really to come in behind and think about maintainability. So if you have a junior level person, then that's somebody who they're not really going to be able to optimize that much. They're going to do small tweaks. They're not really going to change like entire classes or whatever. Um, now, if you have seniors coming in behind you, that's when you can iterate because they can come in behind you and be like, hey, that's not optimal. I'm going to throw this in there instead or something. Um, that's when you can iterate because you can kind of hand off huge chunks of workloads, start looking at them as more of like equals and things like that. So you still want one trailblazer for the most part, even when you have other seniors, but you can still hand off huge chunks of things. And then once you get kind of the, the big picture there, then everybody can be pretty interchangeable. Yeah. So, so as far as best practices, okay. Um, back to that, uh, in my mind, you know, when it's just me, like I said, then I'm just thinking about what I think is the best for that scenario out of those three choices that I said earlier, you know, jerry-rigged, uh, fast and optimal. So in the scenario where we have juniors, we're still doing the same thing with execution. In the scenario where we have seniors coming up behind us, then we're still doing execution, but possibly doing optimal, depending on our scope and timelines and everything else. Okay. Now, this is the important thing about best practices, okay? That is my decision on, on the team. So if I'm an engineer on the team, I'm choosing whatever I know to be the fastest solution, okay? Now, if there's a common use case for this algorithm, whatever that we're doing, you know, maybe it's a certain type of, um, you know, interaction or function or component or whatever it is. Um, and it's something that is kind of a, 
repeatable process or a common pattern that's being seen. You know, it's you know, there's a lot of situations like this where you have a company or a team or set of teams that essentially just like they're a conveyor belt <laughs> and you just literally, you know, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of a nuance to it, but for the most part, you're fucking data entry and you're just building the same fucking app every week. I swear to God, that's how most of these companies are anyways. Uh, or, or even worse, they're just working on the same app year after year after year, which is so sad. I've seen that before too. <laughs> it's, I don't know how people do that. Like, I don't know how people do. I, I would just go crazy. But anyways, um, I mean, the only way I could do it is if I had like a creative team that was like, you know, challenging things and, you know, trying to make things better or whatever. Uh, but if you, if you don't have that freedom and everything, which a lot of single app, uh, type companies, um, or teams have, they don't really get that creative freedom. So yeah. Anyways, for the most part, yeah, it's, it's pretty much a dead end for me. Um, anyways, so as far as best practices though, I make my own decision on that when it's just me, when I have other people on my team, it's the hierarchy. So whoever the trailblazer is or whoever is the technical lead, sometimes the trailblazer is not the technical lead. Okay. And I've had that situation too, where sometimes I'll be, uh, in a leadership role and I will ask somebody else to go trailblaze something and do something first. Um, and this is in a scenario where usually you want it to be a senior or somebody with some type of, you know, subject matter, uh, expert, whatever you want to call it, SMEs, I hate SMEs, but somebody who's got some kind of relative deep knowledge in one area. Okay. And you can kind of point them in a direction and let them go there first, knowing that you or the rest of the team is going to be able to come in behind them and lay down optimizations, reiterate, whatever. Um, but that person who's blazing that trail may not be setting the standard. They're just there to just go as fast as they can and just get something done. Um, and then maybe it's the person's job behind them or whoever who's setting best, best practices for that. Now, from my perspective, whoever the technical lead is on the team, uh, and, and sometimes there's like a dual role where, you know, you have a senior engineer, a senior engineer, a regular engineer, and one of those senior engineers also is the technical lead. That's the most common scenario, usually. Somebody just kind of gets picked, and they're like, hey, you're the technical lead. Or nobody even says they're technical lead, which is fucking terrible anyways. But let's talk about the scenario where you actually have a technical lead who has either a title or or they have a dual title, whatever. Um, in that scenario, if you have a best practice in mind, okay, for something, and I'm not talking about like something small. I mean, obviously that's all onboarding stuff, you know, that the devs or engineers or whoever on your team can go through. Like if you're joining a new team and they're like, Hey, here's a white paper or here's this, here's our documentation for our styles or, or whatever our coding standards. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, you know, whether we use fucking semicolons or not, <laughs> which to be honest, I've been through that so many times where, you know, nobody's fucking editors line up. It's so annoying. Every code push overrides another code push. And then you have all the commas and everything. It's, it's a nightmare. It's just, it's just like a thing that never ends. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> like your PRs go from like a hundred lines of code to 10,000 lines. But anyways, so 
Okay. So anyways, in that scenario though, uh, you know, you have your own, let's say you get a, you get something that's going to take you the complexities potentially a day, two days, let's say minimum two days. Okay. Something that's going to take you longer than two days to work on. Okay. I think in that scenario, and, and I'm not talking about an entire feature or something. I'm talking about like a, let's say we're calculating, um, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out, uh, we're using some sensor data or something. We're trying to figure out, um, how far something is away from something or, um, let's say we're doing something with, uh, yeah. Okay. So here's, here's the scenario. So we're taking, and this is actually something that, um, that I was messing with recently, um, using the device specific stuff. So there's like a gyroscope, there's a, what was it? Magnetometer or whatever inside the, the devices. Um, some of them anyways. So let's say you're, you're working on something where you're comparing these different data points from the device and some virtual data or something else, and you're trying to get one number, okay? So you're you're taking data points from different areas and then you're coming up with one number. Um, and then you're feeding it into something and then you're subscribing to it. So maybe it's changing all the time or you need to share it um, deeply in the app. So maybe you're getting that information from a different thread and then you're sharing it across, you know, one, two threads, whatever, and then you're emitting an event and then you're having to subscribe somewhere else for that event. Um, you know, and then maybe you have maybe a web socket or something running that's, that's doing something with some endpoint. Um, you know, you, you have all these different things going on and potentially there's really only like one, like three algorithms or something involved or, or unique utilities, whatever. Um, so let's say that in that situation, um, you are thinking about, okay, you know, how am I going to approach all these things? There's, you know, 50 different techniques I can use to subscribe. And, you know, there's all these different ways that I can make these, um, calculations, whatever, uh, or share this data across here. And then where do I, where do I store it locally and all this stuff? Um, you know, anyways, because you got to think about like, are we going to put this in a file? Are we going to encrypt this? We put it in a local database. Like what, what are we going to do that? And then, and then which database type are we going to use? How do we read it? Are we going to allow it to read it while the app is running only in the background? What it like, there's different scenarios there. So instead of just saying, okay, well, I think I should do it this way, which is the execution way from your, your own perspective. Okay when you're in a team hierarchy and you have an actual technical lead, you go to that person and you say, Hey, first of all, okay. The barrier for going to that technical lead should probably be, first of all, any dependency changes. So (laughs) if there's a dependency change at all, even a version change, you go to that, um, technical lead. So if you're changing your, uh, you know, of course I'm, thinking more in like the node world or the react native or whatever world. So if you're, if you're doing something with cocoa pods or you're doing something with your package file, uh, or anything like that, any kind of dependency changes, versions, um, uh, you know, just any, anything, even references or how things are mounted, things like that. If you're doing anything like that, any kind of like environmental changes, um, that is, I would say, I would say any environmental platform or dependency changes for the most part, 
those should be directly run through your technical lead. Um, that's that's your first go-to before you spend any time on that stuff because um, those are potentially breaking changes for everything. Those are that that's what you would consider like a major patch change for the most part. Maybe a minor and well, for the most part, I I consider a major change. But anyways, so uh, and I'm sure like maybe a dependency might be a minor. I don't know. Um, yeah. So for the most part, that's pretty much the barrier to entry. Okay. So if any of those things happen, then you're like, okay, I need to go to my technical lead. Now, as far as the algorithm stuff, um, that's more of like a nuance. So if you're, if you already have a database type that you're using for something else, you have like a local database or something that you're using, um, and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to reuse this local database. You still want to go to the technical lead if you're, if you're doing anything with that, because it makes sense to be like, hey, I know you guys are using this for this, but I want to do another instance of it, or I want to actually go into that database and use a piece of it. Um, is that okay? Does that make sense for this situation? That's a super simple, fast conversation. You spend a couple minutes, you get a ton of answers off that, okay? Um, the other thing is, uh, I think I see this with a lot of people for the most part, is they will message somebody and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Should I be doing this? There's so many nuances there that, at least me, I hate getting pestered. <laughs> you know, it's not that I won't reply. It's just that I don't want to get into a deep fucking conversation over text, okay? I already type for a living, basically, and I don't want to keep fucking having a conversation on text. <laughs> so if somebody calls me or they walk over to my desk or whatever and talk to me face-to-face, uh, they're going to get way much, way more information than if they just send me a message, you know, and I think that's true for everybody. Okay. Whether you, whether you intend to or not, there's just extra stuff that you will get from somebody from talking to them in real world. And I'm, I think I'm pretty well known for doing that. I think some people don't like it, but I, I don't care because I, I care about me learning. So, you know, if I can, drain somebody of all their knowledge then I'm going to do it whether they want me to or not (laughs) so yeah I've definitely had situations where I mean you don't want to be rude about it but I've had times where I have to actively keep myself from walking up to them all the time you know Um, but it is the best way to get information so anyways uh, that's that's just a, a personal preference of mine is you always escalate things so like if somebody's sending you an emails or text messages call them or go face to face if you can um, cause you're going to get better information back. So anyways, best practices, you want to go to the technical lead for those issues where you can easily just be like, Hey, I know we're already using this dependency. I would like to also use it for this or I, you know, anything that's going to potentially affect another area of that code base is something you still want to bring up. So even if you're already using the dependency, you're not going to change the version or anything like that but you're just going to add something to it. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, but you're just going to add to it or, 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 you know, manipulate it in some way. Still want to bring it up. Still want to address it because that technical lead may say, Hey, we only did this as a tempor- temporary fix or, uh, you know, whatever, or we're actually migrating to this other thing. So if you want to go ahead and start using this other thing right now for this new pattern, then we will only have to migrate this other thing that we've already done with this old database thing or whatever. Um, 
and those are very, very, very common scenarios. So you always want to go to whoever's the, you know, the, the person who is the, the brainchild or whatever, um, or, or currently is the, uh, you know, the one steering the ship, if you will, uh, which doesn't always mean it's the technical lead. So that's why you go to your technical lead first if you can, and that person is usually going to direct you if you need to go to somebody else who's going to have, you know, something else. But for the most part, usually technical lead is going to have that information. So anyways, um, or at least they're going to be aware about something where like, hey, something's coming down the pipeline. We're going to shift to this or we're getting off this cloud or whatever. Um, those are usually, they're going to be aware of that. So for the most part, you go to them and they say, hey, uh, don't use that. We're actually going to do this other d database or whatever. And then that's when if you say, hey, actually, I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with this other database and I think it's a little bit more optimal versus the one that you are suggesting. If they say, I didn't know anything about that or I'm not aware of that or I don't agree or, or if they just give you any reasoning that says, hey, I don't want to do that. Don't expect them to expand on that, okay? If you want, if you're convinced that your approach is going to be more optimal, ask, hey, is it okay if I can just give you a rundown of why? Or, uh, you know, do you, can you give me a, you know, half day or something to do a spike and figure out which one's more optimal? Um, that is what you should be doing, in my opinion, Okay. I can't tell you how many times I've had a scenario where somebody will uh, pretend or they will kind of get this attitude like they know a better way or something, but they don't want to talk about the specifics of what it is, okay? So, and, and I mean that from both perspectives. That's me and them. <laughs> I've had situations where I have somebody who's a subordinate or whatever and they don't agree with me, but they don't actually want to give me any kind of reasoning why they don't agree. Uh, and then I've also had scenarios where I'm the subordinate or I'm not the subordinate, and I don't want to give any reasons why. Um, now, I think for the most part, when I'm a subordinate and I don't want to give any reasons why, it's been a long time ago. Um, but I definitely um, had that similar approach. So that's why I know the other perspective later on in years where it's like, okay, now I understand why you have to come up with things. And this is another thing where it's like, you have to approach things, at least in my opinion, I think it's optimal in your process to approach things from an evidence-based perspective, everything. So when you disagree with somebody, don't disagree and then and then just set yourself in stone where you're like, okay, well, they're wrong, I'm right, or whatever. Uh, don't do that. You know, if you if you do have some kind of specific information, some kind of evidence to present, present it. Otherwise, say, hey, let me go run it down unless you have some evidence that you'd like to tell me as to why. Because that's that's usually, for me, when I'm talking to somebody else who is my peer, okay, for the most part, and I say, hey, you know, we're, we're about to do something together. We're going to work on a project together. We're going to do some sprint work together. Whatever the case is, uh, we're, we're sharing some code base together. And I say, hey, 
I'm going to use this for this. And they say, well, have you used this for that instead? Then my question is, uh, no, I've never used that before. Why did, why did you use it? Have you used mine? And then we compare notes and we say, oh, yeah, I used this for this. And I think this one's better. Or we say, I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. And then we usually make the choice, hey, I'm going to go look that up. I'm going to go, you know, get, get, uh, get into that. And that's the type of thing that if you're, if you're in a place where you can do that, it's pretty good. But if you're not, it's not great. <laughs> so that, and, th- and that's just to, the other thing too, is that if you, and I've been down this scenario where I tried to get somebody to do that and they didn't want to do it. And I think, I think for the most part, I mean, cause in, in the couple different scenarios that I can think of, uh, they were just wrong. And, and then <laughs> anyways, so there was, <laughs> and this happened, I want to say this happened, this happened so many times. I can't even really count it to be honest. I think it happens less and less as you go on because you, you just kind of go through things and you figure it out and then people around you figure it out and you just kind of, uh, evolve, or I think for the most part, maybe it's the industry. Maybe it's not specific people so much, but because I'd say I see it less and less, but it's, I feel like when it rains, it pours. And I've just, when I see it once, I see it 10 times all at once. Um, but this is, this is what I'm talking about. When, um, you have somebody who's on a team, they have a technical lead, their technical lead says, Hey, this is the best practice. This is how we're doing it. Uh, and then they say, well, I don't agree. And they don't want to give any evidence why. And they think that the evidence or the burden of evidence is on the technical lead. It's not. Okay. I don't know what, what fucking world people live in that think that. Okay. But you're nuts. Like you're just nuts. Okay. You, you, you can't just get into this industry and then think that, Oh, I, I'm a fucking newborn. Okay. Cause that's what you are. Okay. First of all. Okay. I don't care if you've been here for four years, five years, 10 years, whatever. If you're the subordinate, you don't know shit. Okay. <laughs> I know that I know that's a little bit harsh for some of these people, you know, but that's the, that's the reality. Okay. And, and I feel like I'm, I'm in a place where I can communicate better now, but man, I, I can tell you right now it is tough. Okay. I mean, it is tough to be in that scenario and it's really, um, I think most people can handle it for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a prideful person. It's, it's one of my, my downfall, not my downfalls, but it's an area that I try to work on pretty actively where I can, I can get very stubborn, you know, especially when I know I'm right about something, I can get real stubborn, you know? So this is a scenario, I guess, that, that goes out to both technical leads and subordinates. Uh, whereas you don't want to handle it the way that I've handled it in the past, where it's like, you know, that you're right. Okay. in and you, you have this, this can be true. Both can be true. You can be right about the technical best practice, but you can be wrong about the way you're handling it. Okay. That's the, that's the common, <laughs> the common denominator for me at least. Um, and I've, I've moved past this, I think for the most part, but man, it, it really, it can burn you up. You know, it can, it can really get to you. So I would say for subordinates out there, if your technical lead tells you that they, they are 
giving you, hey, this is the best practice for this scenario, and you disagree, okay, you need to realize that that's literally their fucking job. I, I, I mean, it, it, what else is there if you're the technical lead? Technical lead. That is your job, is to lead the technical perspective. When you're moving forward, everything that is technical, all the code, the, the, the process, whatever, that is your job, is to get people there. You're supposed to get to the finish line, and they're the ones that everybody looks to to get you there because they have the most experience. They have the most knowledge about that one area or whatever, okay? So when you when that person is telling you, hey, this is how we're going to do this when this scenario happens or whatever, um, this use case, we use this approach, okay? If you disagree with them, it's your job. It's okay to disagree, first of all. That's very good. And if the technical lead is not okay with you disagreeing, that's not a good sign, okay? The problem comes when you disagree and then you think, that you don't have to present some kind of evidence, okay? That's how it is. And I look at it like a court system, okay? You know, you're innocent until proven guilty. That's how I look at it. So if you're the technical lead, you're innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> so if you say, hey, this is how we're doing it, this is the optimal solution or whatever, um, which, there, you know, that's kind of a, a floating point. That's a moving target kind of thing where it's like this is optimal, meaning maybe it's optimal for today in our you know, known, you know, known experience or whatever, it's always changing. And that's why you need to iterate. That's why you need subordinates to tell the technical lead, hey, that's not optimal anymore. Okay. You need that. That's why you see, I think that's probably the key thing when you see these older teams, these non-technical companies, you know, these kind of stick in the mud type companies uh, that have, you know, aging dev teams, whatever. Uh, they get very, uh, you know, behind the times, you know, it's, it's just, it's such a cliche, but that's literally why it's because they punish people who disagree. The dissenters get pushed out first. Um, so you can't, uh, you know, you can't stifle dissent, I think when you're the lead. Um, but at the same time, you don't bend over backwards. Okay. Because I've done that. You try to fucking placate people, they will walk all over you, okay? These are not kids. Don't fucking baby them. It's their job to come up with their own opinion and their own evidence to back up their ideas, okay? Don't coddle them. Now, if you're the subordinate and your lead is telling you, hey, this is the, this is the way it is, you know? If, if you have a better idea, give me some give me some evidence. Present some evidence. And you decide not to present evidence, you're doing it then you, you you need to be doing it the way the technical lead is telling you how to do it. Now, anyways, I feel like going around and around in circles with that. Um, and that's one of those scenarios that, you know, it's uh, it's only happened a couple of times, but I feel like it really, really got to me when it happened. Because it was, it was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like if, if your job is the technical lead or you're, you know, and, and you're the subordinate and and you're not looking to that person to lead you on the technical side, what the fuck are you doing? You know, or, or if it's one of these like fair weather 
leadership things where it's like, oh, yeah, you're our our leader in our, our uh, what do you call it? Our, uh, I don't know what it is. Um, our, our momentary leader, what a fair weather leader, meaning that, um, you know, you're kind of hollow. You don't really hold any real power. I've seen those scenarios too. So, you know, that, that's a touchy situation. Okay. So, and, and I've heard this too. <laughs> and, and I think anybody who worked with me at this specific org will know what I'm talking about, but they literally told me, uh, we will not tolerate dictators here. <laughs> okay. And, 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 and I, I, do not believe in uh, you know totalitarianism or dictatorships or whatever, as far as like economics and everything. But when it comes, and I think there still is t- checks and balances with everything. But when it comes to team hierarchy, your technical lead is a dictator. That's how it kind of works. But you really have to think of it like they're your leader, and you still have kind of a court system, which would be your whole team. So you could present evidence. Now, this is another scenario that comes up, okay? What if your whole team disagrees with the technical lead, okay? Which I've had that happen, okay? I think I had that happen. For the mo- I don't know. Based on a few people, that's what they were telling me was happening. Um, and the scenario was I was right on the technical side, but I was wrong about my approach, Okay. I didn't know how to handle it because it was like, okay, well, clearly everybody doesn't like my idea, but they're still wrong about it being not the optimal solution. And then, of course, I found out later that it was just because they literally didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. They didn't know how to do it at all. (laughs) And so it was just pure laziness where they just didn't want to do it because it was too hard, too new, whatever. They didn't want to learn it, Um, which is also another thing you have to think about when you're the technical lead or the lead or whatever your scenario is that that's why I was talking about that scenario where if you have juniors on your team versus seniors, you have to think about complexity. You know, are these people going to be able to maintain this? So if you're, if you have a bunch of juniors on your team, you got to go with execution. You can't, you can't do optimal. Um, but even, even then you have to think about what is streamlined, you know, streamlined execution? Like, how do I, how do I keep this simple? You know, keep it simple, stupid, whatever, whatever the saying is. Um, that is a very important thing. And that is a skill that takes a long time and it's always moving. You know, it's one of those constant, constant things that's moving uh, because you really have to know the strengths and weaknesses of everybody on your team. And if you don't, and you start, you know, throwing things over their head, they don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, so anyways, that's, that's a scenario that I've, that I've seen, uh, where, you know, in, and some people like it. And of course I've been through it. It's, it's so tempting because it's such a, a, like an ego trip, you know, where you do something that nobody else knows how the fuck, it, how, how to do it. Um, and you make it so convoluted and complicated. I've seen so many people do this shit where they, <laughs> they, um, you know, they, you're just, you're, trying to follow their fucking code is like going down a rabbit hole that just never fucking ends. And then usually you get to the end and you're like, you didn't even need to fucking put this shit where you put it. Like you, you fucking hit it so that it looked like it was this complicated thing that was doing all these different things, but it was some fucking basic ass shit, 
you know, I, I, I literally, uh, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Without getting too much on a tangent. I, I remember, um, <laughs> there was a team. Of course it was a consulting team, consulting team and consulting teams. Uh, they could give a shit about the companies that they're consulting for because it's not their company. Okay. I mean, I, I consult on teams. I'm on a, con, I'm on a consulting team most of the time. And, and I still, I get very deeply ingrained in whatever project I'm on, but at the same time, I'm not working at that company. My, my work is not towards the best interest of that company. Okay. Not all the time. It's actually sometimes, obviously for the most part, it benefits the company that I'm consulting for, but it actually I'm thinking about my actual company that I work at and what their best interest is. And most of the time that is in line with the client. But anyways, regardless, I'm just saying, and there's, there's tons of books that people have written about this. I think, uh, what is it? Uh, I think it was Peter Thiel might've been Peter. Thiel. Yeah. I think Peter Thiel said this where he was like, uh, don't ever have a consultant or dev- don't ever have outside outside advisors or some shit like that. Like make sure that people have a stake in whatever your company is, that kind of thing, because they won't necessarily always act in your best interest. And I think that's true. So anyways, so this consulting team, <laughs> they, uh, you know, wrote some code base. And obviously, I mean, I know some of it was because they, they had so much extra time on their hands that they just kind of optimized or did what they thought was optimizing. (laughs) But sometimes I feel like people just abstract shit to abstract shit. Like fucking really like it's crazy. Okay. So think of this scenario. Okay. You have a variable. Okay. And you need to write a conditional. So you say, uh, and, and you know, this variable could be anything. Let's just say it's anything. Let's say we, we don't even have type checking. We don't have anything. Okay. Static dynamic. We don't have any kind of type checking. Okay. We just know we're going to get something from this variable. So the variable could be undefined. It could be null. It could be one. It could be zero. It could be negative zero. It could be negative one, positive zero. It could be fucking anything. Okay. We don't know what it is. It could be a mixture of numbers and letters. It could be fucking bytes. We don't even know what it is. Okay. So, comes in and let's say, you know, we only have one condition. We're not even doing a switch case. Okay. We're only doing one condition. We only care if it is a negative zero. Okay. So actually, no, no, no. Cause, cause this isn't even, it's not even what the team did. I'm just overcomplicating it. Let's say it's just fucking positive zero. Okay. So we want to see if whatever the variable is, is exactly equal to zero. Same type, same value. Okay. So we just do variable triple equals zero or yeah, variable triple equals zero. Um, and this is, this is JavaScript. So I don't know how it is in some other language. That's, that's all I'm thinking about right now. Um, so we do if triple equals or, or, you know, ternary, whatever it is we're doing. Um, not very complicated. Okay. Maybe, uh, if we're having it in, you know, I, first of all, there's something wrong with your fucking code if you're checking it in 50 different places, but let's just say that in the same file, you're checking it in 50 different places. Okay. 
I can understand making a function at the top of that file um, or a utility that said, um, you know, if zero. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like that's just, that's just really stretching it, you know. And, and I'm pretty sure it adds quite a bit of, not, not quite a bit, but it, 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 depending on how deeply nested that is in any kind of like iteration or something like that, that could be extremely tedious, you know, to do something like that. Actually, you know what? Fucking never mind. <laughs> no, I remember, I remember now. This was the worst thing, I think the worst that I ever saw. No. I think there was something else, but I'm, I can't remember what it was. This was the probably the second worst piece of code that I've ever seen, okay? Which was the, and this was written by the same team that I'm thinking about. <laughs> this team had, they had a lot of doozies. Um, so they're bringing in a uh, giant string, okay? And this is a, uh, this is a JSON string, but it's coming in as a blob first, okay? And all they need to do is parse it to turn it into JSON, okay? But at this moment, it's just a blob, string blob, whatever you want to call it. Um, this is what they did because they needed to lowercase something, I think. And so <laughs> they uh, they did a split, which is basically it takes, um, or at least the way they wrote it, it split all the spaces. So let's say you had a sentence. Um, it broke that sentence into an array of each word, okay? So, and let's just say the average size, I know the file size of this uh, JSON blob was like five megabytes or something. Don't ask me why it was so fucking big, okay? It was just terrible code base, okay? And, and that wasn't even the code base's fault. That was actually the back end, which is a whole different team, whole different org, I believe. Total clusterfuck on all ends okay so so i mean you have the consulting team who's working with a total shit org that doesn't know what they're doing either and they're just dumping this giant fucking blob anyways regardless of that um yeah so the the i think the consulting team thought that they were making lemonade out of lemons but they were not <laughs> i don't know what the fuck they made out of those lemons but i don't want any of it okay so they they did this split where they take all the words in this giant fucking five megabyte uh, blob and they turn each one into its own string in this giant array. Then they iterate on every fucking item in that or in that array and they make it lowercase. OK. <laughs> and then I think I, I, I can't I don't, I don't think they did anything else. OK. I don't think they did anything else. So there wasn't anything where it was like, oh, okay, well, if we hit this one word, then do this. Or if we hit this one phrase, do this. None of that. Okay. They just went through <laughs> and they fucking lowercased every word. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. So anyways, um, and it, but but it was the whole way that the way that they went about it I, I can't even, it was, oh, no, 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 that's what it was, okay, fuck, I, it's, so, it's so convoluted, I can't even remember the whole thing, that's what it was, okay, so it was, 
it was something like every yeah it was every letter <laughs> that's what it was wait was it every letter i think it was every letter not every word i think it was every fucking letter i think that's what they did they went through every fucking letter and lowercase it <laughs> anyways so i mean uh, a lot of people anybody who codes in javascript knows that there is a method called to lowercase that you could just fucking do <laughs> on the entire string but um but anyway <laughs> uh yeah i'm sure there's like 50 other ways to do this but they were doing something else and i can't it's it's like on the tip of my tongue they were doing something every iteration of every fucking letter okay blew my fucking mind i don't i don't know what it was i cannot remember but I believe they were doing something every iteration of every letter that was like beyond just making the lowercase. And it was like so asinine. It's not even funny. And, and even just like the way they were iterating and everything just made no fucking sense. And then they, I believe that they were parsing the JSON and then they were iterating the string and then they were making it into a new thing and then parsing that string and I don't know why, and they, they weren't doing a diff. Because I know I know some people out there might be thinking, oh, maybe they're parsing the first blob so they can compare it to the new blob and make sure they didn't fuck anything up. No, they weren't doing anything like that. Anything that sounds intelligent, no, that's not what they were fucking doing. They were just fucking with shit. And I think maybe what happened was like one team came in, did it the first time, second team came in to iterate, and they just ignored the previous block of code, and they were just like, oh, let's also do some stuff with this blob. <laughs> so I have no idea what happened with that. I just know it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, ever. <laughs> just, what the fuck? Iterating on every fucking letter in a five megabyte fucking string is that's wrong that's that's what's wrong with this world <laughs> i don't know who wrote that specifically i just know a team i don't know who on that team wrote that code <laughs> but it's the kind of thing that should probably live on in infamy <laughs> like, yeah anyways um so i yeah that's total total uh sidetrack but that's probably a good example of best practices that person could have gone to their lead and said hey what do we do when we need to lowercase everything in a giant string blob? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure your lead is probably not going to say, well, let's take every fucking character in that string and turn it into a single character item in an array from this five megabyte string and then go through each one and try to make it lowercase. And, and you know what's funny? I don't even think, uh, and I think the only reason I found it was something like the, the blob had changed and they didn't even have any kind of like error catching for like exception handling. So if they, what I mean by that is like, you know, like I love optional chaining. Uh, I probably use optional chaining way too fucking much, <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, this person was, or team or whatever, uh, they, hated using try catches for some fucking reason i have no idea why so they just wouldn't handle errors at all and so <laughs> it would be like if you uh 
if you got that blob and then the blob is assuming that you're going to have all alphanumeric characters and instead you get Chinese or you get something else like fucking wingdings uh, and you, or, or you try to do something on something that didn't convert well you know like <laughs> I, I don't even know how to explain it but that's basically what they did so if the prototype for that wasn't there it's kind of like if you let's say you you get a variable and you think that variable is a string and you try to use a method or a prototype method on that so if you if you're getting a string you could do something like to lowercase at least in javascript okay so if it's not a string type it won't have that prototype unless you've already artificially added that prototype which you can you know you can make your own prototypes and everything else but for the most part your variable comes in and if you assume that it is a type string and you use a prototype method to lowercase and it is not a string you're gonna throw an exception okay they weren't handling that okay now it's not like you need to fucking try catch on everything but it was like they were doing some pretty uh, what do you call it uh, they were they were they were they were making some pretty big assumptions that the structure was going to remain the same for like forever like they're looking for like prototype or property names or something uh and then if the property name wasn't there then just like everything literally fucking breaks which is like that's not a good pattern at all <laughs> so anyways um yeah so i think that's just a that's probably a good scenario where whoever that was who was working on that uh, whether they were iterating or not, you know, if they were the first ones who did it or if they were the second one who's coming back in to try to clean something up or add some functionality, um, both times they should have gone to their lead and said, hey, um, this is what I'm working on. I'm thinking about doing it this way. Do you think that's the way I should be doing it? Is there some other thing that I need to be doing here? Um, and, and, and obviously, I mean, as time goes on and you get more experience, you're not really going to have to ask as many questions, but for the most part, I'd say as you get more experience, you're actually going to communicate more when you're working on these teams with other senior type engineers. Um, and that's what you want. You want to collaborate more. It doesn't mean that you have to ask permission every single fucking time and say, Hey, I'm going to do it this way or whatever, but you want to be highly collaborative. So if you're a subordinate and you have a lead, okay, go to that, go to that lead as much as you can that's what I would say about best practices. Um, and I, and I know that they're on the flip side, there's these people who live and breathe the documentation. So if it's not ECMAScript standard or Mozilla standard or Google standard or whatever, then they, they won't do it. You know, they're like, Oh, we're using only the Google standard or only Mozilla standard or only ECMAScript standard or whatever. Um, you know, these are, these are things where you don't want to be set in stone like that unless, you, unless you've kind of carved out a scenario and then you, you have to keep evolving with it. You know, I think, I think it's real healthy and I've seen this sometimes where it's like, oh, well, we, we use Google standard for this, for, for maybe JSON or something, but then we use, uh, you know, Mozilla for this or, you know, we use uh, Facebook standard for this or whatever. Um, you know, there's, there's tons of different things where, you can just kind of piecemeal everything from different areas and say, okay, here's our standard that we work off today, but it might change tomorrow, you know? Um, anyways, so that's, that's what I think is the moral of the story or whatever, as I just drone on about all this shit, um, is that you, 
you come up with your own conclusion if you can, okay? And then based off your experience, your assumptions, whatever, and then you present that idea to your lead and you say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing, okay? And then as the lead, if you disagree with them, okay, you tell them, hey, I don't think so. But the other thing is I think if you are the lead, I think it is important to tell them your, like your, your confidence. So uh, obviously if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, uh, I think we should be using this database on this, or I'm thinking about using this database uh, for this scenario. And I say, well, we always use this one database for that scenario. And then they tell me, well, I think this one's better it's on me before they even say it's better or whatever. As soon as they say, Hey, this is what I was going to use. If I'm not familiar with it or I'm not familiar with the comparison of that one versus the one that I'm telling them to use, I tell them as the lead, Hey, you know, I'm not super up on that. So that might've changed or maybe, you know, I used that dependency two years ago. So I don't know what the stability is now because stuff changes all the time. Something that was trash six months ago might be the like fucking leading the industry right now. You never know. So it's, it's my job as the lead to tell them, Hey, I, you know, I don't have super strong confidence with this, or I don't really have a strong preference. You know, if, if you like that more, or if you have more experience in that other dependency, go for it. It's not a big deal. Okay. That's an important thing to offer up because that probably is going to impact them. If I'm telling them, Hey, this is a big deal. Like this is a fucking red line. You know, this is a, this is a line in the sand. I want to use this dependency. Okay. Then they're going to have to present some some evidence that says, Hey, this is more optimal or this has a better, you know, developer experience or whatever. Um, that's, that's something you want to do as the lead is tell them, Hey, you know, this is how important it is to me to do it this way. Or, uh, or also, um, you know, this is how confident I feel on the technical side of this decision. Okay. So if you tell them, Hey, um, you know, I, uh, it's pretty important to me that we use this, but you know, that's more just because I prefer it, but I don't really know for sure that this is more optimal than that. Um, then it comes down to, you know, what the gap looks like. Obviously if there's just like a super small, (coughs) excuse me. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm, I'm just droning on at this point, but, but yeah, main point there is as the lead, you want to tell them like how big of a deal it is and how confident you feel in the decision. And then as a subordinate, you know, if you see an opening and you really feel confident, or even if you don't feel confident, but if you're given the leeway to do a spike or, you know, do a little bit of research or whatever, dig into it, spend some time, get up on it. Um, you know, that, that's probably the best way to learn things is to get into these comparisons where you learn, okay, why is everybody choosing this framework or why is everybody choosing this approach? Or, you know, why is this getting used more than this? You know, and, and for me, I will look at, um, I know some people go off like GitHub stars or whatever. I'm not big on that. I like to do like, especially if it's like a node module, I'll just go to like NPM. And if it has, 
um, 10 downloads a week, I'm probably not fucking using it. <laughs> if it has, you know, 5 million downloads a week, uh, I'm probably using it. Okay. So if you are subordinate and you say, hey, I think we should use this to handle our, uh, you know, our, our calculations for the, um, you know, magnetometer or whatever, uh, and your lead disagrees and says, hey, we're using this other dependency, probably the first thing you could do is check out whatever the package manager is, if, if you have one. For the most part, I think nowadays, you know, even if you're on like Python, which I fucking hate Python, I think they have a package manager as well that has some kind of counting as well. Um, you should be able to find out what the metrics are on it, like how popular it is. So if you don't have downloads per week or something like that, you know, check out good GitHub stars. If you don't have that, then it's really just going to be about maybe Google trends and, and you can probably compare them, you know, get a chart going or something. Um, so if you, if you show that something is maybe, maybe it's not a strong technical competitor to, the uh the one that let's say you, you it's comparable but it's not uh there's no clear choice between the two then the differentiator could be hey this has way more popular popularity or this is growing faster or this has been around longer or it's got certain backing or whatever that's when those things come into play um so yeah and i think uh i th- i think the only way that that would get counteracted is if it's something where uh, it would it would be such a change in developer experience where it's like, hey, everyone on the team would have to relearn this one dependency and there would be no real gain. That'd be the only scenario I could think of. Um, but I think if you if you find another approach and that that one's growing faster, has bigger community or whatever, um, that's probably going to be the choice. You know, even if there's not really, it's really going to come down to what's the migration cost versus um you know the learning curve as well so yeah anyways those are those are all the things you have to take into account on both sides when you're the subordinate and when you're the lead and i think it's important on both ends to realize that is your role okay there's a lot of other things a lot of other you know responsibilities or whatever but i think at the core side okay that it, it's it's not a democracy, it's not a socialist system or whatever. You have somebody who's literally lead is in the title. That's your job is to lead. It doesn't mean that you rule with an iron fist or something like that. It just means that it's your job to make those decisions. And it's, it's everybody else's job to follow those decisions. And if they disagree, present evidence. Okay, you can't You can't run up to the lead and expect them to go and do the research on their own, which I've had people suggest that to me. Sometimes it's like, no, I've got shit to do. Okay. (laughs) My day, you know, yeah. Anyways, we won't get into all that, but yeah, that's, (laughs) that's it. So hopefully everybody had a, uh, productive week. I, uh, what is it? I, I was at, I've been I've been trying to get my step count average back to 20k a day and I just got there. I mean, I got there last week and then I missed like 2 days of running and I kind of fell off on my weekly average, but now I'm back. So I'm like I'm just at like 21k a day or something like that. So 
Super happy about that. Um, hopefully everybody's having a good week, being productive. But I don't know. Hopefully there was something in that, some kind of lesson learned in there for somebody. Yep. 